With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Charles, thanks for getting up early with us, although I think you haven't really gone to bed. What's this uh, deal I hear about your uh, travel conditions? Maybe some yeah, issues the, getting to New York? Yeah, planes, trains, and automobiles. They made a good movie out of it, but I'm not yeah. sure I'd, get, I'd star in the sequel. You know how it is. Travel, just sometimes it just doesn't go the way you expect it to go. <laughs> uh, so I don't know if the game you went uh, to this past weekend went the way you expected it to go. Uh, but it was uh, it was an intriguing one uh, to be sure. Uh, tell us about the game you called and what you kind of think as you move into uh, to NFL Week 15. What what you think uh, kind of fit into the puzzle as? Yeah, yeah, I think you nailed it there, Clay. Because I think we, well, I don't think we went into the game and both sides are pretty much indicated as well. They thought the same way. The defense would tell the tale in the game and of course we got a flat out track meet now the beauty of it was in the second half defense did have an impact but it's hard to sell that when the final score is 48 46 and yeah. we saw we saw we saw drew Brees at his absolute drew Breesness, and we saw jimmy garoppolo in a lot of ways kind of flourish in front of in front of the country's eyes for san francisco so it was just a, a fun game and two incredible play callers in Sean Payton and Kyle Shanahan, matching moves throughout the game. So it was a lot of fun. And going forward, well, San Francisco, they're in the driver's seat now in, in the West. And New Orleans had already clinched in the South, but they got to hold on to that number two seed right now. 
Has Jimmy Garoppolo moved to the point where he's no longer a game manager and maybe we can be confident that he can be the reason why the 49ers win a game in the playoffs as opposed to sort of being that guy who just keeps them from losing? I think Kyle Shanahan as the head coach and play caller announced that to us on Sunday, Clay. By the way, he started the game with Jimmy Garoppolo throwing the ball, being aggressive, um, not just establishing the run and then trying to get to the pass. They actually did a little somewhat in reverse. First two plays of the first two, three plays of the game, hit Emmanuel Sanders, nice plays, you know, that sort of a deal. And that continued throughout the game. Yeah, there were trick player two involved in there, obviously. You know, I mean, Sanders threw a touchdown pass on double reverse. But the big throws that were made, Garoppolo made them, but he did it right from the beginning. They didn't wait. So, yes, the, I think the answer is there. I think Kyle Shanahan was telling everyone, we have confidence in this guy, and we believe we can ride him if we have to. And that's the way they're going to go and play. But let's not forget they're the number two running team in the league, and that's not going away either because they got good runs from Raheem Mostert, good runs from Matt Breida, right? I mean, you just look around. They were doing a heck of a job, and Juszczyk, of course, is a terrific fullback. If you're a Saints fan, how concerned should you be about the way your defense has performed the past uh, month or so of the season? You have concern. But you have to understand that you're dealing with an NFL and offenses and things that are coming at you that are just not easy. And the funny part is, remember, the Saints throttled Atlanta on Thanksgiving night. That's the same Atlanta team that absolutely throttled New Orleans and New Orleans. So they flipped it back around. Yeah, I would be concerned, but not overly concerned. Everyone's going to have those types of games that are out there. That's a pretty good Saints defense overall. And remember, they were missing two starting linebackers in that game. Alonzo does a great job against the run especially, and A.J. Klein is kind of one of those guys that we never talk about, but he makes plays for them, the run game, pass game. And I think that that hurt them going forward. Talking to Charles Davis at CFD22. You can follow him on Twitter. He was calling the 49ers game on the road against the Saints this past weekend. I believe you called the Ravens a couple of weeks ago, uh, maybe for that game against the 49ers as well. Are they the two best teams in the NFL? If you were predicting who's going to be in the Super Bowl right now with three weeks to go in the regular season, would you go 49ers from the NFC and uh, the Ravens from the AFC? I think you I think you could uh, make a strong case for both, yes, definitely. And here's where I was really impressed, because you're right, we had that Ravens-49ers game that was that was terrific in the opposite way that the one we had Sunday was. You know, the Sunday was a track meet. The other one was played in the driving rain. Both teams did a pretty decent job of taking care of the ball and a field goal at the buzzer 20-17. to 17. I, Here's where I got really impressed with the Ravens. Coming off that physical affair, that big-time mental deal, and even the week before when Green Bay came to town, not, not Green Bay, excuse me, not the Ravens. Um, I'm sorry, I, I've confused it with San Francisco. But the Ravens going to Buffalo the week yeah. after beating San Francisco and handling them, that was a big deal to me. Because a lot of teams who are learning to win, you know they lose those games. Look what happened to Houston after beating New England on Sunday night, come back and get whacked by Denver. Denver shouldn't be on the field with them. Yeah, they came in there and clobbered them. I love the way that Baltimore handled that. And then San Francisco got off the deck after the loss at Baltimore, turned around, went to New Orleans, and beat maybe the best team in the NFC. So I like the maturity of both of these teams. Charles, if you want to argue that the Ravens are the best team in the AFC, I think most people out there would agree with us that they are. They've won 
nine games in a row. They're sitting at 11-2. and two. They're likely to be the overall number one seed in the AFC, given the fact that they have a game-and-a-half lead with three to go now over the Patriots. But you could argue pretty strongly that the second-best team in the AFC right now as we speak is the Tennessee Titans, who yeah. have gone 6-1 and one in their last seven. Ryan Tannehill is playing out of his mind. Uh, do you think the Titans uh, beat the Texans uh, coming up this weekend? You just mentioned the Texans with uh, yeah. their performance against the Broncos the week after they took down uh, the, uh, the the Patriots. And how stunned are you by what you've seen from Ryan Tannehill? I mean, in the last seven weeks, he's the highest-rated passer in the league. Yeah, I, look, this is a guy that was get, that was acquired to be a backup. Tennessee did everything possible, I thought, to try and make things work with Marcus Mariota. And I think you saw it play up closely as, as I did. You know, I, I see him in preseason. And they knew, knew what their identity was as a team. And that's a strong running game with Derrick Henry. Now, he didn't play at all in the preseason because he was hurt, not just because they were holding him out. But I thought they were trying so hard to make it work with Mariota that maybe they lost their identity a little bit, Clay. And guess what? They have it back now. And Tannehill's hitting all the big throws. I mean, look at what he's been doing, just as you expressed. So I'm surprised that it's gone this well, because I don't think anyone would have expected him to win this many games in a row, that sort of a deal with Tannehill replacing Mariota. But I do think that they said, okay, this is our identity. Henry's playing at a high level. The defense is very, very good. And I like them down the stretch. They get Houston twice in the last three weeks. I like Tennessee and both of them until further notice. And how stunning would that be, given Mariota being replaced, the Titans sitting at 2-4 and four and seeming like their season was over? If they win on Sunday, they would have complete control of this division. Right now, dead heat. Yep. Uh, but this is a massive game, and uh, it's, it's kind of wild to think about a team flipping a switch and going 7-1 <laughs> and one, uh, down the stretch like this. It is, because you just don't see it when you go with the number two pick in the draft. You keep waiting for that, 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 that jump for him to ascend. I do believe, Clay, you remember the year he broke his leg? Yes. I do believe that's kind of the line of demarcation for Marcus, and I hate saying it that way, but I don't think he's quite been the same since because his stock and trade has still been able to utilize his legs, and I don't think he utilized them very much after that, at least not to the extent that I believe he should have. And I think that changed everything for him and for that team. But they've moved on well, and that defense is very good, and they're going to continue to be good, and they're going to run the heck out of it with Derrick Henry. Who do you think wins the NFC East? We saw last night a really ugly game between the Eagles and the Giants. Eagles win it in overtime. Three games to go. They're tied in the win and loss column, both teams 6-7. and seven. Uh, Who wins the NFC East? <laughs> default, right? That's the perfect. That's a perfect default. sound for an FC East analysis. I, 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 the Eagles. We keep saying the Eagles by record, and I kept waiting for them to lose that game last night. And they flat out probably should have, but they found a way to win. So by record and by schedule, Eagles. But I'm telling you, Clay, I can't. I can't really predict. And I'm going to say Eagles just because they get the game at home, and that's the only reason. And Dallas just has not found a way to beat anyone 500 or better this year. They just haven't been able to do it, even Chicago. Now Chicago has hope. You know what I mean? So it's just been that kind of a year. So I'm just going to go with the Eagles at home. They end up winning the East. 
But let me tell you something, I got zero confidence either way. I think that that's the exact same way that Cowboy and Eagle fans feel. How do you feel as a guy who's called a lot of different games all over the NFL? We were just talking about the 49ers. Let's say the 49ers lose on the road against the Seahawks, go 13-3, and but don't win their division and fall back from the one seed to the five and have to go on the road to play <laughs> against either the Eagles or the Cowboys. Does that seem right to you? Just doesn't seem fair. And we've been in this situation before. We've, you know, I'm sure by now everyone's quoted the Seahawks at seven and nine, and here come the defending Super Bowl champ New Orleans Saints having to go up there, and that's when we got our first beast mode and the beast quake, and they won, and then you know got beat in the next round. And I can't remember exactly because I didn't Carolina go seven eight and one one year and host that's the playoff exactly right. Game. Yep, did and they, and the they, Seahawks went seven and nine. The, the right. Panthers lost, I believe. The, Panthers the lost, Seahawks, Seahawks won. won. Yeah. Seahawks won and, and beat the defending Super Bowl champs in doing so. So it just doesn't seem fair, especially if, especially when you look at a team that could win 13 games. <laughs> you know, yeah. 12, 13 games, and now they're going on the road. I do think the league will continue to talk about that, but I don't see as much action with the NFL as we see like Adam Silver saying, hey, we may recede, we may do things in the NBA and talk about it and may seriously consider it. I think the league, in a, in, a, in a certain way, likes that kind of controversy. But it just won't seem right if that does indeed happen. And right now, you're almost wondering, should an NFC East team actually get a playoff slot? Should yeah. they just take it and give it to another wild card? But we know that's not going to be true. I think we all just hope that one of those two teams kind of gets hot down the stretch and you feel better about them going into the playoffs. What game do you have this weekend? We've got uh, Chicago at Green Bay. You know, and, and I believe this is what, the 200th meeting between the two or something like that, some crazy number. But the wild part, obviously, is, is Chicago Green Bay on the frozen tundra, you know, late in the season, and the game means something. Green Bay has to keep winning to keep pace in, 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 in seeding. And, of course, Chicago still has outside hopes at a playoff slot. Enjoy, my man. We'll be watching and we'll be listening. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Look forward to it. Take care, Clay. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros.
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of hand-cooked tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports to see their hand cooked test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be we have some great audio from Lane Kiffin, who was introduced yesterday as the head coach of Ole Miss. He was asked about his reception at the Oxford Airport. You'll remember uh, that things did not go well for him at LAX when he returned from a game for the USC Trojans. This is what it sounded like. Talk about the reception you received from the fan, fan base. Did you ever think you'd be kissing and hugging babies at the tarmac when you got the point? Um, a lot better than another tarmac experience that I had. <laughs> So uh, the last time Kiffin was a head coach in major college football was until he got off the uh, the plane at LAX. And remember, they had him took him off the team bus and made him get his own way home, if I remember correctly, after they fired him uh, early in the morning hours 
following, I think it was a loss to Arizona State, if I'm not mistaken, several years ago. So Lane Kiffin officially back in the SEC and officially back in major Big Five Conference football as the head coach of Ole Miss. That is going to be the gift that keeps on giving to see how exactly all ends up shaking out there. Um, So that is a storyline that is worth following. Kiffin is on the road recruiting. We're going to try to get him on the show here soon. And uh, I'm sure we will. We've had him on a decent amount of times when he was coaching down at uh, FAU. Uh, So that is what is going on there. Last night, this is pretty fun. I don't know about you guys, but I love uh, holiday movies, especially if you have a young family. So rather than watch the NFC East game early, at least, I watched uh, the fourth quarter of that game. I took my kids to go see Christmas Vacation, uh, which was on in theaters here. And none of them had ever seen it. I took the 11-year-old, the 9-year-old, and the 5-year-old. They all loved it. Where does that rank, the, uh, the, the, the Chevy Chase Christmas Vacation movie, on the list of best holiday movies for you guys in the crew? I've got a top five, and I wrote about this on OutKick the other day. Um, and, uh, and, and, and I was just curious for you guys, um, where this would rank. I think the best Christmas movie, and we could probably do an entire show on this, honestly, I think the best Christmas movie is Christmas story and that I probably watched that movie a thousand times and it's just as good every time I sit down and watch it every Christmas season. Uh, so it's always pretty outstanding, but I think a Christmas story is number one overall, I think Christmas Vacation is my number two. Elf, my number three. Ernest Saves Christmas, maybe a little bit of a surprise, sliding in at number four. And then I've got Polar Express, number five. And I'm trying to rank the movies as like a child, also an adult, you know, sort of not just looking at it entirely from an adult perspective. So my all-time top five, Christmas Story, Christmas Vacation, Elf, Ernest Saves Christmas, and Polar Express. The kids loved the movie. Uh, I, I think beyond a shadow of a doubt. So, uh, where would you? What, what's the best Christmas movie in your mind, Danny G? That is definitely in my top five. Uh, Christmas Vacation. I'm glad you got to bring your kids to that. Yeah, but I'm surprised you didn't put Home Alone on your list. Yeah, Home Alone is pretty great. Uh, and and maybe that was a whiff on me, but I've watched my kids love the Polar Express. And so that is I, good. I, I saw that two weekends ago. Yeah. I mean, if you Again, have kids, for the hundredth time, be, yeah, it's become a classic. And so my kids could watch the Polar Express over and over and over again in a way they don't watch Home Alone. Uh, and Ernest Saves Christmas, I understand I might overrate, but that that one is pretty outstanding when you're a kid. Um, so die, die Hard, I, number one favorite <laughs> Christmas movie of all time. Yeah, no, it is uh, it, Die Hard. That's obviously the huge debate over whether or not Die Hard <laughs> is, is is the best. Um, and so uh, so that would factor in uh, pretty strongly here. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. I chose last night to take my family to go see Christmas Vacation for the first time. They had it playing in the movie theaters instead of watching the first half of last night's game between the Eagles and the uh, Giants. And I feel like I made an incredible call to not have watched the first half of this game, watch the second half. And that completes NFL week 14 action. Dallas Cowboys have the tie break, but the NFC East teams now tied at six and seven as they come down the stretch run of the season, three games remaining. The Eagles, I think have the easier of the schedules primarily because the Cowboys this weekend play against the Rams who have turned it up a little bit of late and uh, really the 
league and the overall division likely to come down to a road game for the Cowboys at New- at Philadelphia, which is why I have to make the Eagles the favorites to win the NFC East right now with three games to go. We'll see what ends up happening there. Uh, in terms of, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, uh, and the guys out there are starting to get a little bit nervous because I attached a Christmas bonus for them to how I do in the high-end fantasy football playoffs. I got the win over Cousin Sal, so I have won five grand, and now I play Todd Furman for fifteen grand this weekend in the NFL uh, fantasy football playoffs. And so I am obsessively looking over my roster, and I'm going to be just—I mean, you know, you know how it is when you have to make a decision about who to start, and there's any kind of stakes at all for fifteen grand. I mean, Furman's got a better team, I think. I think he's more likely to beat me. But it's going to be, I think, fairly competitive and likely what decisions I make at the quarterback position, for instance, could go a long way towards determining the outcome. How many people do you think have a $15,000 fantasy football playoff weekend? Nobody else I know. (laughs) We're all fighting over hundreds of dollars in our leagues. Uh, And the winner winner ultimately is going to win 30K. (laughs) So, uh, so what is your I mean, what does your wife think about you dropping five k on a fantasy football? League? I'm not sure she's even aware that I did it. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, but uh, you know the league has got because otherwise she people. wouldn't have let you do it. I mean, she doesn't really. Kind of, I mean, I you're talking to a guy who lost almost thirty thousand dollars on the uh, on the game. Oh, I know. Saints. Well, I think but she so, would monitor your gambling and fantasy football even more after that. No, I mean because then she can spend money with impunity and uh, not have me question anything that she spends money. She on. uses it as ammo. Well, she said after we lost, uh, after I lost the, the the money on the Saints non pass interference call, uh, I had the Saints on the money line in that game. Uh, she said I could never quibble with any um, way that she spends money for the rest of our married lives. <laughs> so I, I don't know at this point. I mean, what can I say um, other than, you know what? I got to acknowledge that she's probably telling the truth and in the in the best position there uh, going forward. So uh, so we'll see how that goes. So don't and over I'll, don't overthink your lineup, please. Uh, I will. I will tell you the options that I'm um, I'm grappling with as the week continues and we get more health, uh, more health updates. I need James Conner to finally come back to playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think he's only played like one of the last five or six games. Uh, as a result, uh, it's been hard to figure out what to do with the running back position without him. So uh, so I need him back would be the number one uh, request that I would have. Uh, all right, so usually in this segment, we do uh, top five, bottom five. I feel pretty good uh, about my top five, bottom five uh, list here. And uh, let's go ahead and cue the music, and uh, I will knock this out. You guys tell me whether or not you agree with uh, the breakdown. There are the melodious tunes. I'm going to start with the top five, and we had a lot of the top teams playing against each other this weekend, so I'm curious what you guys think. The Ravens, to me, have solidified their spot with yet another win over a top team. The Ravens are the number one team in the NFL. I don't even really know how you can argue against them unless you take the San Francisco 49ers because there's an argument that the 49ers sitting at 11-2 and two with two of their losses in overtime against the Seahawks and by three 
on the road against the Ravens. Argument pretty strong one even that the 49ers have the best overall resume in the NFL right now. And I think I would even buy into that if you wanted to make that case, even with their loss head-to-head to the Ravens. So these two teams, I think, on pretty much anybody's NFL list have to be one and two. The Ravens at one, the 49ers at two. Then I've got the Saints, who lost an incredibly close game to the 49ers. And if the Saints had won that game, I probably would have flipped it and had the Saints as the two seed, the 49ers as the three in my top five. In the four spot, I know they lost and they didn't look very good against the Rams, but I still think the Seahawks are in the four spot. And then in the five spot... I had to really think about this one, but I'm dropping the New England Patriots out of my top five and putting in the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs have one less win than the Patriots, but they beat the Patriots head-to-head. They've also beaten the Ravens head-to-head, who are my overall number one, and that is why I have got the Chiefs sliding in at the five spot. So my top five teams in the NFL right now with three games to go for every team, At the end of NFL Week 14, I've got the Ravens 1, the 49ers 2, the Saints 3, the Seahawks 4, and the Chiefs 5. What say you? Nice of you to put the Chiefs in. Last week we argued a little bit because I took the Chiefs over the Patriots saying that I thought in the matchup the Chiefs would win. Um, I'm also sticking with the Ravens at 1, Niners 2, I have Chiefs 3, at 4 I put Saints 5, I was trying to decide between the Packers or the Seahawks. You didn't mention the Packers at all. Yeah, I'm not sold on the Packers. Nah, just because of who they I mean, I think what's the Packers' best win of the season? The Vikings? Yeah, yeah, probably. And they've gotten run both times they've gone on the road. They got run by the Chargers, which is obviously not a so good loss. Would you put they the- got run by the uh, – remember, they got run really by the 49ers. That game wasn't remotely close. So uh, so I don't have them in the top five. I'm just not sold on them as being – even though they're the two seed right now, I think they're inferior to the Seahawks. I think they're inferior to the Saints and the 49ers. So I would put the Seahawks at five. So I'd have the Packers, Vikings, and Patriots on the outside looking in. Uh, Dub, what say you? All right, I got the Ravens at one, 49ers two. I got the Chiefs at three, the Saints at four. And I feel like there's a pretty big drop-off between those top four teams and whoever you want to put at five. I put the Patriots. Oh, but still hating could- on the Seahawks. Well, I, I'm kind of with. I, I kind of think of them like I think of the Packers. I just don't really buy into them yet. Like the Packers, I agree with you, Clay. I don't know what their most impressive win is. They've gotten smoked a couple times. I think times. their most impressive win is the Vikings, right? And and even in that win, I mean, that was early in the season, and they got up. I think like twenty-one nothing or something like that. But I feel you know they got smoked at home by the the Eagles. I just I, I when you look at the Packers' season to me. There's not a lot of meat on the bone for me to buy into the fact that they're anywhere near the same level as the 49ers or the Saints. Yeah, I agree. And you could make an argument about your Tennessee Titans right now, the way that they're playing, that they could be the fifth best team in the league, in my opinion. Yeah, you know what? I'll I'll get attacked if I make that decision. But if the Titans beat the uh if the Titans beat the Texans this weekend to get to 9 and 5 and slide into the 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 uh, the AFC South lead then i think you can look at them and say okay they're you know 9 and 5 at that point they're one game behind the chiefs but they beat the chiefs recently uh, and they're playing lights out down the stretch run of the season 
and they would get if they got to nine and five then the saints come to town so the saints are coming to nashville in two weeks and that game if they won those two i think you could make an argument in fact i think you'd almost have to make an argument that just looking at where they would be right there if they were sitting at 10 and 5 that they'd be a top five team in the nfl i mean some people are going to be out there thinking that's crazy but if you look at the way they're playing down the stretch other than the ravens i'm not sure there's a hotter team at this exact moment than uh the titans uh eddie garcia what would you say the top five uh same top three as you baltimore san francisco new orleans i've got seattle at four and i got green bay at number five so you have the same top four then did you have seattle at four yeah okay same top four then yes you and i i mean again i think you're the smartest guy on this show i agree yeah Yeah. i agree with you (laughs) i mean it's just a lot Uh, of uh, and then you said who'd you have in the five spot i have green bay even though okay uh, yeah yeah i understand i just i don't buy into and i understand packer fans are gonna be blowing me up on twitter i just am i right their best win on the season is the vikings second best win probably on the road against the cowboys well, they beat the Chiefs, sched- but they didn't have Mahomes for that game. Yeah, but so Mahomes. I don't even think you can count the Chiefs win without Mahomes. I, I mean, still I think they're, I'm going to pick them over the Patriots. Who was who the other team you had? Kansas City? Yeah. Yeah. I got the Chiefs. I mean, look, if you think the Chiefs beat, uh, I believe that the Vikings are pretty good, which is why I'm saying that's the best win the Packers have. The Chiefs were good enough to beat the Vikings without Patrick Mahomes, and they just went on the road and beat the Patriots. So I think you can toss out the loss against the Packers in some ways because they didn't have Mahomes. And so their other losses, they kind of got physically dominated by the Colts and the Texans. And then the Titans just found a way to steal one from them. Uh, And that doesn't even look like that bad of a loss right now, given how the Titans have been playing since then. So, yeah, I've got the Chiefs sliding in at uh, at the five spot. What about you, Roberto? Any substantial differences? No, not really. I have the Ravens. 49ers, Saints, Seahawks, and then the Chiefs, the number five. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. We are counting down the top five in the NFL and the bottom five, as we usually do every Tuesday uh, after week 14 action is now complete with the win by the Eagles in overtime over the Giants. My top five, the Ravens. The 49ers, the Saints, the Seahawks, the Chiefs. Again, that's the Ravens 1, the 49ers 2, Saints 3, Seahawks 4, Chiefs 5. Bottom 5, the list of sadness, as it were. You can cue the music up. Um, I think that in the 28 spot, this team doesn't have the worst record. But I'm not sure that anybody has quit on the season more than the Jacksonville Jaguars have right now. In fact, I think I'm being too generous to them having them at 28th in the NFL right now. They have gotten run the past several weeks. I mean, just beat down of epic proportions. They got crushed by the Colts. They got crushed by the Titans. They got out down early against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then this past weekend, the Chargers went on the road and Phillip Rivers just picked them apart and destroyed them. So at 28, I have got the Jacksonville Jaguars as the fifth from the bottom worst team in the NFL. Then I've got the Lions. I mean, not really fair to them. They're on their third string quarterback after the Matthew Stafford injuries and after uh, Driscoll did not perform at a very high level. Then I've got the Redskins at 30. Dwayne Haskins is off the charts bad when it comes to playing quarterback in the NFL right now. I tweeted out a chart yesterday 
of the overall expected returns, best value based on quarterbacks so far. Ryan Tannehill is off the charts on the right side, the way he is playing off the charts, and the right side is the good side, is in higher elevation than anticipated. The worst side of that chart, and again, you can go check it out at, at Clay Travis, is Dwayne Haskins. He's literally almost off the chart. He's that bad. Uh, and so I've got the Redskins at 30. Then I've got the Giants at 31. Last night's performance, uh, not a good one for the Giants, given the fact that they gave up the 17-3 to lead. They did, however, cover and the under hit. So two nice wins to start off the week on uh, Lock It In for me. And then in the 32nd spot, I have got the woeful, awful, nobody likes them, and they better go draft Joe Burrow or they are making an awful decision for their franchise, which would be par for the course. I've got the Bengals at 32. So the Jags, the Lions, the Redskins, the Giants, and the Bengals. How does this compare to your list, Danny G? Eh, Not a ton to debate here. I, I have the Cards, the Jags, the Redskins, the Giants, the Bengals. Uh, so you have the Lions out of your bottom Yeah, five. I have them just on the outside. Uh, all right, what about you, uh, Dub? Yeah, I got the Jags, Redskins, Lions, Giants, Bengals. Speaking of the Jags, here's their margin of defeat their last five games. 23, okay. 20, 22, 17, and 35. So they I mean, are not even close to competitive. That's got to be historically awful to lose that. I mean, they've lost their last five by 17 or more. That's correct. Um, I'm not even sure what exactly their game plan is going to be going forward because they are. there are several teams out there that really are not very good that have big decisions to make. But with Nick Foles and Gardner Minshew, it's not like Gardner Minshew go, coming back to him has somehow challenged or changed the trajectory of the, of the Jags' season. They're still really bad. And I know he interjected a little bit of excitement. What did the Jags get to? They got to four and four, right? And now they've dropped five in a row. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I mean, they were mediocre, like in the running in the AFC South at the midway point, and then they've just fallen apart since then. And all five of those have been awful. I mean, you could make an argument that the Jags, other than the Bengals, who were just atrocious, and the Giants, I'm probably too high with the Jags where I've got them. Uh, Eddie, how would you break down the bottom five? Uh, I've got to Arizona, Jacksonville, Washington, the Giants, and the Bengals. See, I just I I think Arizona is at least still you know throwing punches. I feel like some of these teams are just punching bags. Yeah, uh, they've about, lost six in a row, though. Yeah, I know they they, they, they aren't good. Um, there's no doubt about that. What about you, uh, Eddie? I mean, sorry, Roberto. What would you say? I got the Jaguars, the Cardinals, the Redskins, the Giants, and the Bungles. Um, does everybody agree? By the way, and I know we have months and months to talk about this. But is everybody in agreement with me that the Bengals, who basically have locked up, I know the Giants potentially could still pass the Bengals given how bad they are, but I feel like the Bengals have a really, really good chance to essentially lock up the number one overall pick. And we know, or at least it would be a big surprise if the Giants were in any way inclined to look at the quarterback position. So I think at least if you're a Giants fan, the positive is you have a good shot to get Chase Young at number two overall and bring in a big-time pass rusher. Uh, to pair with Daniel Jones, who at least is your future running back alongside of Saquon Barkley. That's three young, talented players that you can be excited about. But does everybody agree that the Bengals absolutely, positively have to take Joe Burrow number one overall? Yeah, I mean, for a few weeks, they benched Dalton to see what Ryan Finley had. 
And obviously, <laughs> Dalton's playing again. So why else would they put Dalton on the bench? They wanted to see if they had anything in Finley. Right, and I think the answer is no, you don't have anything in Finley. You have to go get a quarterback. Dub, are you in agreement that, I mean, this? there's going to be a lot of talk between now and April or early May, whenever this draft actually takes place. But to me, it's a foregone conclusion. The Bengals have to take Joe Burrow. Yeah, to me, it's unimaginable that they would not be selecting Joe Burrow with that number one overall pick. I just then, can't even picture it. And then also, isn't it unimaginable that the Giants wouldn't go Chase Young at two. I mean, you can always trade out, but I think we're going to know the top two picks. I mean, I think I can predict them pretty well right now. By the way, we haven't even talked about this, but there are four Heisman Trophy contenders going to New York. I haven't talked about it because they announced it yesterday, but it's such a foregone conclusion that Joe Burrow is going to win, maybe by a historic margin. But Joe Burrow, uh, Justin Fields, Chase Young, and Jalen Hurts are the four guys who are going for the Heisman ceremony. Credit to Lincoln Riley, even though his guy's not going to win it this year. Pretty impressive to have uh, another different quarterback three straight years that he's had a guy he's taken to New York. That works pretty well, I would imagine, when you go into recruiting uh, households or look at guys who were going to transfer, which is wild given all three of those guys didn't sign with Oklahoma. They all transferred in. Uh, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and uh, now Jalen Hurts, whose draft stock will be an intriguing question to watch, honestly, kind of going forward. Uh, But those are your four Heisman Trophy finalists. But don't you agree with me also that the Giants have to go chase Young number two? Yeah, I think the first two are are solidified. And it's not on Fox, right? Who's carrying the Heisman ceremony? Uh, I'm not sure which cha- which network. I, I think it's always on ESPN. It ESPN, that's what I yeah, thought. Yeah, it's always on ESPN. Yeah. Well, okay, then I can say this. The ratings are going to suck because we all know Burrow's going to win. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that's I think that's probably true. Now, I, if I the only real college football game that goes on this Saturday is a good one. It's Army Navy, but this game, the Heisman Trophy, always follows the Army Navy game, which is played earlier in the day. And I've gotten the chance to go to the Army Navy game. It's pretty phenomenal. But uh, but yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I don't know that we've had this level of lack of suspense in a very, very long time. Uh, Eddie, would you agree that the Bengals absolutely positively have to take Burrow and that Chase Young is going to be number two to the Giants? 100%. Right? I mean, usually there's a lot of drama also at the top of the NFL draft. I think the drama is going to be almost entirely attached to Tua and what decision he makes going forward. As, as, if he comes out then like 95% of all draft coverage is going to be what's going to happen with Tua. And usually 95% of all draft coverage is what's going to happen with the number one overall pick. But I think this is essentially a foregone conclusion. Uh, Roberto, you make it unanimous. The Bengals have absolutely no other choice. Yeah, I think Burrow's going to be a great NFL quarterback. Maybe if Tua was healthy, maybe it would have been a little a little different. See who the Bengals would take between them two. But yeah, Burrow all the way. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. It's Christmas holiday season, and we have got a, uh, a, like, constantly Christmas movies on in my house. Now, that's not just because I have young kids, right? I mean, my five-year-old, my nine-year-old, my 11-year-old, they're all obsessed with Christmas. Not a surprise, if you remember being that age. Always Christmas movies on. In fact, there's a decent chance if I go downstairs in my house right now, that my middle son, who's always up early, is either watching football highlight videos or he's watching Christmas like present opening videos, everything else. 
And it's not just the kids in the house, though. Uh, we have uh, uh, somebody who works with us, works with the kids, always in the house with us. She is obsessed with watching the Hallmark movies, right? Like Hallmark this time of year is pretty much all Christmas movies. That's all they do. They make all these different Christmas movies. They run 24 hours a day of Christmas movies. All corny. If you have, yes, of course they're all corny. But if you have a woman between the ages of, I don't know what, like 14 and 90 in your household, there's probably a good chance that she is watching some of the Hallmark Christmas movies this time of year. They rate insanely high. So if you're one of those people sitting around like, who else is watching this? Christmas movies on television rate insanely high. So last night with a crappy Monday night football game between the Eagles and uh, and the uh, Giants. Uh, sorry, the Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles and Giants. I was like, I don't care about this. The NFC stinks. I don't need to watch the whole movie, uh, the whole uh, uh, game. So we went out to go watch uh, uh, the, the Christmas Vacation, the Chevy Chase movie, which has become a holiday classic. My kids had never seen it. So we have never sat down with them and watched this movie before. Uh, so they loved it. Uh, all three of them, the 11, the 9, and the 5-year-old. We went and watched it in the movie theater. It was playing in the movie theater, which is kind of cool thing they do now. Is It seems like to me now they bring back old school movies more and play them like, uh, in, in the movie theater. So we had a good time, the five of us, my wife, the three boys, and me. We went and watched that movie last night. And it got me thinking, which are the best holiday movie? And so uh, I did my top five earlier, but I will tell you that the best holiday movie, beyond a shadow of a doubt to me, is A Christmas Story. I could watch Ralphie. I could watch that story over and over and over again. And in fact, I will every year during Christmas. I think on TBS, they play it for like 24 hours straight. Yeah, it's a marathon. They do. Yeah, Yeah, they just play it over and over and over again. And I find myself every year I'll sit down and I'll watch and I like it just as much as I did the year before. So I think Christmas Story is number one on my list of greatest Christmas movies. But Danny G, which way would you go? As far as watching a certain Christmas movie over and over and you never get tired of it, I feel the same way you do about that movie with Home Alone. Yeah, John Hughes and Chris Columbus. And in fact, make a note of this Netflix. They have a documentary series called The Movies That Made Us. And it's a behind the scenes on how some classics were made. Home Alone is one of the movies where they do this hour looking at how it was made. It was a small budget film. They were only given like $11 million to make this movie. And it's grossed almost $300 million in the past 27 years. I can't believe it hasn't made a lot more than that. That's just domestic. How often it's on. Yeah, $300 million domestically. Um, It is on all the time. It's it's insane. Um, just the the combination of the actors, the story, and then Chris Columbus brought in um, the the Christmas part about what Christmas really means, and that was missing from John Hughes' original script. And the movie got shut down actually by its first studio, and another studio came in and saved the day and gave them a few more million dollars that they needed to finish the movie. So the fact that it almost didn't get made is pretty amazing. Yeah, that is. Uh, all right, so that, those are two solid picks. What would you say, Dub? I'm going to have to go with Elf because I'm a huge Will Ferrell fan, and when that movie came out, I was probably 10 or 11 years old, and I was absolutely obsessed with it, and it still holds true today. I, I love that movie. I think it's hilarious, and it's uh, it's got to be my number one Christmas movie. Yeah, I was. Uh, my kids were asking me, by the way, and it's funny because Elf may end up being one of these movies too. That like twenty years from now, I think it's probably likely people are still watching. Uh, Christmas Vacation came out in nineteen eighty nine, which is you know, uh, I mean, if you think about it now, what thirty years ago? 
So I think that when something's 30 years old, it's almost considered to be a classic, right? Like, so uh, for my kids, Christmas Vacation is, is, is a super old movie. It's, it's, it's like It's a Wonderful Life was to me in terms of how much older it was. And I feel like people 30 years from now will still be watching Christmas Vacation. You know, I'll be, what, 70 years old, and I still think that movie will be pretty popular. Uh, so I like all three of these picks so far. Eddie, where would you go? Well, you're going to love this, Clay. I have the exact same top three as you do. Uh, <laughs> but I haven't watched a lot of the other ones as as well. I, I am a sucker for those old cartoons that they crank out every Christmas, like oh. Rudolph the Red-Nosed oh, Reindeer yeah. and The Grinch. But I, those aren't movies. I don't consider those movies. So Right. Um, but yeah, I, I, other than those top three, I'm not really a big fan of any of the other ones. Uh, so, by the way, people out there didn't know, Christmas Story, Christmas Vacation, and Elf were my top three. And then I went a little bit off the board with Ernest Saves Christmas, which is, I think, maybe more of a regional movie. But if you have seen Ernest Saves Christmas, uh, the Ernest P. Worrell uh, franchise, and then I went Polar Express because I've spent so much time watching Polar Express with my kids. Uh, if you have young kids, Polar Express has become a classic for young children around Christmas. Uh, so uh, so that is uh, Danny G. Uh, and, uh, and Dub had good picks, but not surprisingly, Eddie, best mind on the show. Uh, with a solid top three. What about you, Roberto? It's easy for me. Die Hard, number one, man. John McClane. Yeah, I mean, yippee yeah, Kaye. Yeah, yippee Kaye. I was I eight years old. When I, I was eight years old when I saw this movie. Not, not the a first Christmas time. movie. It's a Christmas movie. I mean, you can argue Christmas about whether it's a Christmas movie. You certainly can't argue it's the best Christmas movie. Okay, then I'll go with Bad Santa. <laughs> oh, Bad Santa. That's, that, a that's in my top five. That's number that's five. It's an interesting pick. Interesting pick. Billy Bob Thornton classic. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when 
you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their trip of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of general tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their general tires test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Ah, Taylor Swift singing just for Petros Papadakis as we come back Tuesday edition. I'll kick the coverage. Petros Papadakis joins us now. Thanks for getting up early with us, Petros. Uh, the college football playoff committee, get it right, you think? Yeah, I think it, they may, it was made easy for them by Utah and by Baylor and, and by Wisconsin and everybody else. You know, Chalk pretty much held except for Utah really going out there and playing their worst game of the year against Oregon. And fair enough, you know, that's that's how it shook out. It's a it's a great year to look forward to seeing how these teams perform. I I'm interested in seeing how Clemson performs, even though we know they perform really well typically in the college football playoff, you know, getting to the championship or winning it. And uh I'd like to see this Ohio State team, you know. This is exciting. See how Oklahoma stacks up. I I think Oklahoma's the weakest link, to be fair to Oklahoma, who had a great year and deserves to be in there. But I think Oklahoma has more of a game control kind of problem 
than these other teams do as far as like dominant college football teams that deserve to be in the playoffs. I, I don't think they control a game as well. Their defense is better, there's no doubt, and I really like their, their coordinator, Grinch, but at the same time, I just think uh, it's really a three-man race. What's the lesson coming out of this year, if there is one, for the Pac-12? I mean, is it that, and, and I've been arguing this for a while, worry about winning your conference. Don't worry about who you play out of conference. I understand that that's kind of backwards sometimes, but the truth of the matter is if Oregon had played a you know Mac school or if they had played a even FCS school to start the season, they would be in the playoff right now. I think that's true, even if they had lost to Arizona State as they did based on the way they finished the season against Utah, I think Oregon at 12-1, and even with an FCS win, would have gotten in over 12-1 and Oklahoma. Do you agree with that? Maybe, but, I mean, there's no use crying over spilled milk in, in, in late August. I mean, honestly, I, I don't think that we should encourage teams to not schedule bravely early in the season. You know, we have games that we point to early in the season that we want to watch. And remember, this is a two-pronged issue for the Pac-12, like a barbecue fork. Uh, they, they need to win, but they also need to get attention. You know, and yeah. Oregon is a team, you know, even though they've been in bed with Espen for years and they have the Nike deal, you know, they're still tucked up there in the Northwest. I mean, have you ever been to Eugene, Clay? I have not, no. Yeah, so, I mean, they, and you're a college football lifer kind of maven person and you've, you've never been to Eugene I mean so my, my point is they, they would have they would have really flourished had they secured that victory uh, that they should have they really blew the game to start the season against Auburn Oregon really fell on the sword when and this is the lesson I mean Oregon lost a conference game in November yeah. at the end of the year on the road at Arizona State, and a lot of people saw that coming. I mean, a lot of smart pundit types, John Wilner, for one, a guy who writes in San Jose, he knew five days out that Oregon was going to lose that game. Well, what's uh, the SEC doing in November? Usually they're playing a, a cupcake, and they've never been punished for it. And they play one less conference game. So, I mean, maybe that's the lesson for the Pac-12. You know, go go down to to whatever it is, eight conference games, and uh, and and take a week off in November. Essentially, you know, try to get Cal Poly to come play in November. I guess, but I don't like that practice either. You know, I like the teams that have to fight it out all the way through the month of November. I think the easy solution for this, honestly, and I'm surprised we don't hear it more, especially considering how much Larry Scott gets made as the commissioner of the Pac gets paid. Uh, Larry Scott, the commissioner of the Pac-12, the Pac-12, and I think the Big 12 for certain should be advocating for a playoff expansion. And I understand people can uh, agree or disagree with the idea of playoff expansion, but you're set up right now when you have a four-team playoff and five major conferences. On average, there's going to be at least one conference that's upset at the end of every year. Why not go ahead and expand to eight and guarantee a spot? To me, that's a no-brainer because it makes the Pac-12 relevant. Like I saw the television ratings, even though it's a Friday night, and I think it always catches up uh, a lot of people by surprise. 
I, the television rating for the Pac-12 was pretty good, and the reason was because they were relevant, because people wanted to see Utah, and they wanted to know if Utah was going to make the college football playoff. Well, if you knew that you had a playoff bid every single year, to me, that would make the Pac-12 relevant every single year, and I think overall viewership would go up. Well, I mean, I think I advocate for an eight-team playoff. I always have. I I don't buy the argument that, that interest would wane. If anything, it would involve, because we have such a regional and tribal sport with college football, if anything, it would involve more regions. Uh, right. The more, the more teams that are involved, and eight's about a good number with, without watering down the regular season. And at some point, I'm sure we'll get there. I, I, I'm sure you know more about the contract and, and the four-team thing. The interesting thing about the college football playoff, and I think we've talked about this before, is it is not the NCAA. It is a separate entity that is created to to pull off the college football playoff. They they are a private company, so to speak. So, I mean, they could probably do whatever they want. And I, I, I like the idea of an eight-game playoff. I'd, I've never had a problem with it, and I think uh, we should expand to it. But uh, between then and now, I mean, it's not the end of the world. You know, all these teams have something to point to where they can blame, you know, what's happened to them during the season on themselves. What do you think about Joe Burrow? I mean, we've got four Heisman Trophy winner, uh, nominees. I mean, and it seems clear that Burrow's going to win this with ease. Joe Burrow, Justin Fields, Chase uh, Young, and Jalen Hurts are all going to be in New York this Saturday uh, for the college football you know, ceremony there in the Heisman. Do you think we, – so we talked about this on the show earlier today. I said it's an absolute no-brainer to me looking at the way that the draft's going to go that the Bengals have to take Joe Burrow number one, I mean, just given their quarterback situation, and that I think Chase Young goes number two overall. Is there, to you, any drama at all in the Heisman Trophy race, or do you think Joe Burrow has won it head and shoulders above everybody else? No, there's no drama. And, you know, I as always, Clay, I feel very silly talking about it because I'm not a good enough football analyst to have a Heisman vote. You and me both. Yeah, there are many out there uh, that do, but I am not one of them. Uh, that being said, no, there is there's no drama in my opinion. I love watching Joe Burrow. I uh, got to watch him a lot more, you know, kind of as the season has has dragged forward, and could not be happier for Ed Ogeron. Everything Ed does seems to be a trolling either a celebration of the state of Louisiana, the greatness of LSU, or just trolling the crap out of USC for screwing up and not hiring him. It really is both. Where do you think USC would be if they had hired Edo? They'd be a lot better. They'd be competing at a national level like LSU. Recruiting at an incredibly high level. Yeah, uh, he's going to recruit. And it's not just the recruiting, dude. I mean, when I was at USC in 1998, Paul Hackett hired Ed Ogeron as a – he had had some troubles in Miami and had had some time off, and this was like his second chance. And I watched him coach the crap out of the whole defense, but mostly, you know, at that point he was our D-line coach. I mean, they recruited a five. Let me just give you an example. They recruited a five-star recruit named Kenichi Udaisy. He's now on the LSU staff because USC fired him. Uh, he was like 
the 15th pick in the draft or something in the first round, uh, battled leukemia and is healthy now, but obviously no longer plays football. Are you aware of Kenny? Do you know who he is? Yeah, at no, all? I, to- I totally remember the name, but I didn't. I didn't yeah. know his background. Yeah, yeah. Well, when he got to to USC, he was 17 years old and about six. I don't know seven, and he weighed like 400 pounds. Yeah. Like, he couldn't move. He couldn't stand up. You know, I mean, he couldn't bend his knees. He couldn't. I watched Ed, you know, jog next to the guy, like Mickey, for God's sakes, in Rocky. Yeah. You know, while, while coaching the rest of the D-line, I watched Ed carve a first-round draft pick, uh, a first-20 picks draft pick, uh, out, of, out of this young guy in the matter of, like, 10 months. I mean, and, and and Ed willed it. I mean, this kid was huge. And, you know, now obviously he's a great man, and he works for Ed. Uh, Ed brought John Robinson, who was my old USC coach, one of them, uh, who got fired by USC. He's a national championship coach at USC. He's in the College Football Hall of Fame. He was doing fundraising for SC, and they fired him. And they took his tickets. So Ed hired him at LSU, and he moved to Louisiana. Marcus Allen stands on the sidelines at LSU games, and it's all a giant middle finger from Baton Rouge back to the West Coast to USC. And, you know, back to the Pac-12's issues and the viewership and all that. Uh, And I agree with the 18 playoffs, but let me just get on my soapbox for one second, if you'll allow me, Clay, and just say the Pac-12 has two major problems. Uh, And how much Larry Scott makes and what his rent is, is annoying, but I don't think that's their problem. Their problem is, A, that they tried to make their own TV network, and it costs everybody a bunch of money that the other teams are making and all the other conferences because the Pac-12 refused to partner with anybody as far as you know NBC, Fox, or to share the distribution, and that's why they don't have it. And B, USC is not good. Uh, USC is not nationally relevant. You know, USC is going to be eaten alive like Pac-Man when they take on Alabama on September 5th coming up in 2020 here. And that kills the whole conference because, as you know, East Coast people pay attention to USC and not much else on the West Coast. And I'm not sure how much longer that'll be the case, you know, if USC keeps uh, extending the arm for mediocrity. We're talking to Petros Papadakis at the Old P on Twitter, AM570 LA Sports is the station you can listen to. And many of you uh, on the West Coast listening to us now will be listening to Petros in the afternoon, finishing off your day as you start your day now. Lane Kiffin was introduced yesterday, uh, Petros. I think we have the audio, which I know you'll appreciate. Uh, Lane Kiffin fired on the tarmac uh, at LAX after a loss. I believe it was against Arizona State. Let me play this audio for the West Coast that's waking up right now, if I can. It's Lane Kiffin. We, we, we're going to pull it up. Uh, Lane Kiffin was asked. Before we play that audio, let me just ask you this. Uh, what do you think, Petros, of uh, the hire of Lane Kiffin by Ole Miss? I don't have, you know, obviously Old Miss has their challenges as far as who's in. You know, they also hired Ed <laughs> back yes. in the day, you know. Uh, Ed had some trouble finding offense, but he sure recruited his ass off there. But uh, I, you know, I don't have a problem with it. I've never really loved Lane Kiffin as a head coach. I mean, I think that's pretty clear. I, I saw him do things at SC that, that 
obviously were fireable offenses. He got fired, but he should have. Ne- what? What's the matter? I just had a cough. I'm sorry. I, oh, oh no, I'm sorry. Throat. I thought I thought you fell over or something. <laughs> no, don't I you have a cough dodge. button? No, I don't have a cough button. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Gosh, home studios, huh? Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, I but he went to FAU. And he didn't burn FAU down, right? It's still there. The Owls actually uh, made it to or won two Conference USA championships out of the three years he was there. Uh, Nobody died. You know, I mean, (laughs) he did a good job at FAU. And it's obvious that uh, the people in the South have a different perception of Lane Kiffin, other than in Knoxville, uh, than they do out on the West Coast because of his time at USC and with the Raiders. And uh, he proved himself at FAU that that you know he could he could maintain a program and and bring success to it. And I'm not sure what's going to happen at Ole Miss or how how they'll compete uh, year in and year out. But I don't have a problem with it. You know, the one interesting thing about Lane Kiffin is what's the one thing we always talk about, like what he brought up in the audio that you're struggling to find and having a coughing attack. Yes. What, what did he bring up? The tarmac, right? Here we go. Let's play it. We got it for you now. This is Lane oh, Kiffin yesterday being introduced at Ole Miss. For people who haven't heard it yet, here it is. Talk about the reception you received from the fan, fan base. Did you ever think you'd be kissing and hugging babies at the tarmac when you got the point? Um, a lot better than another tarmac experience that I had. <laughs> now, let me say this about Lane. Um, I think that one of the reasons why the South has become more endeared to him is because he has sort of leaned into this, uh, you know, irascible personality. And, you know, I, I don't want to say Spurrier because Spurrier won a lot of football games before he kind of became known for the tongue-in-cheek statements that he was going to make. And was the Heisman, wanna, Heisman yeah, Trophy Heisman winning quarterback. Winner. But people want to be... Jeff Sedford had to take Lane Kiffin's scholarship away at Fresno and gave him a visor. Right. Made him an assistant coach. But people want to be entertained, and Lane Kiffin is entertaining. And it seems to me he's figured out how to play the media a little bit better. But even a line like that is a really good one. Uh, You remember what went down at USC. I think you have to give Lane at least a little bit of credit for almost becoming self-aware about the larger Lane Kiffin persona. I give him a bunch of credit because he he really has kind of developed his personality. And I think he's probably, I mean, as we all have, I think he's matured as a person. You know, we're all around the same age. And I remember when he was a tight end coach at USC and just his career trajectory has always really just bugged the crap out of me. But that making, uh, that, that being said, uh, he should have never been fired on a tarmac. I mean, give me one good reason as to why Lane Kiffin needed to be fired on the tarmac. You know, was he selling drugs to the kids or something? I mean, obviously not. You know, he was able to get a bunch of other college football jobs, you know, since that day. Why in God's name did Pat Hayden find it necessary to fire the guy on the tarmac and create this stupid mythology of every time a guy loses a game, you know, and if he's on the road... Some idiot tweets, you know, gosh, you know, good luck on the tarmac to coach so-and-so. Or if he's at home, you know, well, they can't fire him on the tarmac because they're not on the play. (laughs) You know, USC created this whole mythology to embarrass themselves further like they have throughout this whole century for no reason, you know, for no good reason. 
than to satisfy the whim of some psycho donor. Pat Hayden fired this guy uh, before he could get back to campus. He was never allowed back on campus to clean out his office. And, you know, I didn't have a ton of respect for Lane Kiffin back then, but my God, you know, I at least respect the office, you know, of the USC head football coach. You know, this is a team that hates to fire their their, uh, head coach in the middle of the season. And the next thing you know, Pat Hayden's firing a guy on a tarmac, and Steve Sarkeesian, also an endearing coach in the South now, uh, was publicly drunk all the time, for God's sake. We're talking to Petros Papadakis, the OP, uh, at the old P on Twitter. You can also listen to him, AM570 LA Sports, in the afternoon, as many of you will be doing. We talked uh, uh, earlier on the show, Petros. I took my kids. They, they sometimes show old movies in the theater, and it's crazy to me that this is an old movie now, but it has been 30 years since Christmas Vacation came out. So I took the 11-year-old, the 9-year-old, and the 5-year-old, and the wife as well. We all went to go watch uh, this movie last night in the theaters. And so I'm curious, what is your favorite Christmas movie? We all know you're a grump, but even around the holidays, you have to find yourself sitting in front of the television every now and then watching one of these movies. Which one is your favorite? You know I hate Christmas, right? Yeah, I understand. You're a grump. But what's your favorite Christmas movie? Uh, I mean, Die Hard's pretty sweet. Die Hard is a great movie. I would not say that it's... We they have the big debate about whether or not it's a Christmas movie, right? But I just saw a sweater for sale that says it's not Christmas until Hans Gruber falls off the Nakatomi <laughs> building, and it's literally a picture of Gruber going off the building. Oh, that's an awesome sweater, which is pretty good. Uh, I also saw T-shirts that say uh, Nakatomi Christmas, you know, party nineteen eighty eight. You know, that's that's pretty good. You know. Yes, but uh, I don't know. What are some Christmas movies? Well, I mean, the, a Christmas Story is a classic. A Christmas I mean, Story is incredible. You like a Christmas Story? Yeah, I mean, I I, I haven't watched it as much as people probably uh, other people have. I have. I don't have like every line memorized, but I'm certainly aware of it. And I I yeah. bought a leg lamp for my radio partner. Yeah, that's such a great uh, gag gift. It's a major award. It's uh, a major award. It's Fred yeah. Gilly. I don't. I mean. Uh, I mean, I'm not. I don't just run to the uh, run to the TV to. Oh, the Charlie Brown special! Come on, Charlie Brown special is good. Yeah, there you go. And, and you know what? Uh, yesterday was the first day it aired. I think way back in 1966, and it's still great. You know, it's that's 53 years, I think. Yeah. Uh, no. Or 60. I don't know. Uh, but it. What a hell of a show! I mean, one of the great, one of the great cartoons. But it's like you know, it's only. Is it a movie? No, it's not a movie. It's just a show. Damn. I think the difference between a show and a movie is length. Uh. <laughs> I'll give you Christmas story. It's a perfect answer that you hate Christmas. Uh, we will talk to you next week. I, I, we, we have a fake tree. We have two fake trees. And my, my, my stepdad owns, uh, or my wife's uh, stepfather owns Christmas tree lots. And still, we have a fake treat. Well, that's an incredible. We're going to have to explore that next week. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. <laughs> 